Hello. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. Hope everyone's doing well. Hanging in there. Yeah, we're in some rough times, so I hope you're pulling through. <laughs> <laughs> Our energy is already low. <laughs> and we just began. Um, okay, so we are talking about episode six. Yeah. The docu series, and what was the title of this episode, Kalea? You're the queen of our titles. <laughs> this episode was titled "Now and Tomorrow," and let's see if I can get the description. It says one history in one person, one star in one person, seven billion worlds shining with seven billion lights. If they only looked forward, they might have not realized those who had been with each other until now, side by side. Now is when they shine brighter than ever before, for their hearts are together as one, never taking each other for granted. That sounds really, like, um, uplifting compared to the, like, actual <laughs> content of the episode. <laughs> I was like, hmm, this is a very, like, PR speak. Um, yeah. I did just ask you off recording, and then I was like, actually, wait, uh, we had hyped this episode up so much, kind of scaring you. What was your overall vibe or overall takeaway um so or overall I feeling was like holding my breath the entire time waiting for like the worst to happen but um I think because I saw whatever spoilers there were on the timeline already months ago I thought there was more to the episode but like no it wasn't um everyone already spoiled it so <laughs> I wasn't as Oops. um I wasn't as sad as I thought I was gonna be like I didn't cry but I was pretty sad and I don't know I felt weird like when the episode went off I was like mm -mm, I didn't like that let's <laughs> I didn't like that at all <laughs> I didn't like that at all so I'm interested to see what episode seven will be like um definitely hope it ends on a better note than this one because <laughs> sheesh anyway it was just like repeated talks of like what happens when we break up or like what does the future hold and will we be together in the future and I they kept saying like if someone doesn't want to do it anymore like we'll respect that and I'm like what what are you hinting at <laughs> okay so let's like start from the top and then get to their like okay so it starts off first and they are playing in Wembley Stadium in London I presume mm -hmm. um and it is holding 90,000 seats in that stadium which is absolutely insane like even watching it I was like this is the biggest stadium I've ever seen in my life like that has to be so I guess I would find it terrifying, but they probably don't. I looking at it, I was like, "Geez, this is crazy." Um, but they played Wembley June first and second, and then they were in Paris, France, from June seventh through eighth. Um, they broadcasted the first night of the uh, London show on June. First, and then June 2nd is when they did the Army Time Surprise Young Forever 
um, singing thing, whatever you call it, <laughs> which I thought was pretty cute. Um, of course, I've seen that before like a thousand times, mm -hmm. um, but it's all like really heartwarming to see how surprised they were because I'm like, I can't think of too many times where we like international fans have surprised them at a concert. I feel like it's usually always like in country in Korea whenever they get surprises like that. Mm -hmm. I remember at Wings Tour, this was before Army Bombs changed colors. The fans organized a thing to like put plastic bags, like different colored plastic bags over all of the Army Bombs to make like one of the early rainbows. Um, but it wasn't like singing along, I don't think. So I've never really noticed that, but that's a good observation. Well, that was where the Borahe thing came from, right? Yeah. I think so. Um, so yeah, I guess that is a... But I, I know what you mean. Like, we don't usually sing to them. <laughs> I feel like they usually don't let us. <laughs> I guess maybe they had to approve that, right? I think, yeah, I mean, someone must have known. They're definitely planning to do um, surprises this time around, and then, you know, COVID. <laughs> still too fresh. <laughs> it's going to be, like, five years from now, and I'll be like, this still hurts me. Ugh. Um, which I felt like was very fitting, considering that they were singing Forever Young to them, and the lyric content of forever young is exactly the conversation that they have immediately after about how this is not going to last forever <laughs> anyway so it was kind of ironic um and so i guess right after they show the Wembley shows they show them filming this run bts episode which specifically was episode 92, which was aired on January 21st of this year, which made me go, wow, they are sitting on content that's like, <laughs> like months old. Like, I'm just trying to imagine how much content they have in the tub just waiting to be used. <laughs> Especially now, what with the COVID <laughs> that you mentioned. Exactly. I'm like, whew. Um, well, my first thought was before they even started talking, I was thinking, when do the cameras ever stop for them? Like there's there's so much of their entire lives that are on screen. Like when are they not being filmed and how is that affecting them mentally? Like I can't imagine me and like recording my any and every move years like years you think of all the bomb time bombs we get like all kinds of content that we get yeah I don't know. that's it's actually an interesting point considering i'm pretty sure they just announced memories of 2019 yesterday or the day prior from yeah. when we're recording this and i saw it's like 10 hours of content yeah and like six dvds or something and someone did a rundown of like all the different things that are covered or maybe it was big hit themselves on Weverse, but like giving a rundown of everything covered. And that also had me thinking about that, like between that, between the run episodes, between the docu-series, between the movies, between the bombs, like. Yeah. 
I know you, you and I were talking about it um, because of your other side project, which I won't call out in case you don't want it to be known, but I know you were saying that you will use like different um, instances, like you'll use the same day and like different parts of the same day and different recordings. So, so I hope at least they can do some of that. Yeah, it seems like it's a lot of content, but I don't know. Like, it's just seeing them filming the run, right? And then they have, like, the run behinds that they do. Mm -hmm. But to watch them filming run on this documentary, and then they're sitting down and eating and talking, also while being filmed for this documentary, it was just, like, <laughs> there's a lot going on here. Yeah, it is crazy because... I don't know any Western artists that you get that from. None. I can't think of any. It's so much work in addition to like the songwriting and everything else. Yeah. I'm like, do other groups even film this much? I don't know. I, don't know. I saw an article. I, I don't think I fully read it, but it was talking about how like big hit in general are like marketing geniuses. And if my wallet has any indication, that's definitely true. But there's so much that they record and market. So definitely. Yeah. And like even the concert footage, like they're constantly being filmed. Um, like every concert. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> that's this documentary or, you know, for like a docu-film that they'll do. Like everything is filmed. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why they are so strict on, like, recordings outside of official schedules. Yeah. You know, Big Hit saying they'll crack down on, like, fan cams and saw things. As they should, right? Like, things that are not official schedules. Because <laughs> how would you ever live any of your life off camera? Exactly. I'm like, they even have moments of them just, like, chilling in their rooms and they're still filming. So I'm like, when did these cameras shut off for them? I don't know. Even early content, I remember there's like various clips I've seen of like Jin waving the cameras away as they're like waking up in the morning. Like, <laughs> I can't even imagine. Like, if you try to talk to me before I've had one or possibly two cups of coffee, it's Jekyll and Hyde. Like, you, <laughs> I might bite your head off accidentally <laughs> or not so accidentally, but just like, I can't even imagine like me sleeping. Right. Drool on my face. Is someone coming in with the camera? Like, no. Right. Because I'm like, you know, they constantly talk about this persona that they have, you know? I'm like, when do you get to be yourself that's not your on-camera self or your on-stage self? I don't know. I'm just like, that's probably really, really strange. Yeah. And they may be used to it at this point. Yeah. Like, they've always been great at social media and sharing their lives with us. It yeah. seems really weird to us, but to them, it just may be par for the course. Yeah. But yeah. So, um, here we are. Oh, wait, wait, before we get into that. Mm -hmm. Jen's song, Tonight, was released. Mm -hmm. um, they show in this episode. And oh, I was supposed to look it up. And I forgot. But like Jen hit records with this song and he was talking about how he, he's like, I don't, he's like, I want people to listen to the song. 
Like, yeah, I remember that song because I don't <laughs> sad when they hear the song. <laughs> like, sir, that's not how it works. Yeah, or listen to this song. Like, if you're sad, like, it's not, it's not gonna work that way. Um, like, <laughs> you know, we chart things. Like, <laughs> yeah, like that. Anyway, tonight's doing numbers. I cannot remember what it is by name, and I have failed Jim by not looking it up. But um. Terrific song. I'm like his vocals are immaculate. They're just like Chef's Kiss. Like just <laughs> And it's kind of sad. This is just a, I mean it's not sad because I'm once again sprawled across the bed like super unattractively. But it is sad it's not a video podcast so people can see your like chef's kiss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um I yeah. was really proud to see him. Like, you know, put his writing skills to the test, and what, I don't, did he produce it? Like, he said he composed it, so. I'm a bit murky on, like, the difference between composing and producing and writing. Like, there's so many steps of the process, and I don't have a good understanding of it, so that could be, like, a good pod for future. Yeah, I'm not even gonna try. Consideration. I'm like, in my head, I think I can say it, but I'm not gonna say it on here, and then be, like, completely wrong. So, thank you for refrain. saving me editing time. <laughs> I'll just refrain. Um, yeah. Uh, 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 there was a moment getting to a little table talk they were having while they were eating. Um, I think they were talking about how their friends say, like, you know, you must have it easy and things like that. And Jim was like, well, you don't worry when you have to walk on the streets. And I was like, yo, <laughs> that's absolutely terrifying. That's yeah. terrifying. How do people hear them say that and then they still continue to do what they're doing? I'm just shaking my head. Can you hear my brain rattling? Like, I have no idea. That's terrifying. You can't that's, even walk without being in fear. That's actually not the point I thought you were going to make right there. I think it was also part of their table discussion. Because I have it in my notes. I had, um, like, getting to where we are in this point in the episode my first note was probably the most depressing Bonkon video I've seen so far. Um, and then lots of Wembley content, what it symbolizes. And then I think it was Sugar, but someone was talking about like a subtle decline versus a sudden stop. And that was kind of like ominous. Um, but then I had Jin Song and then Paris. But then I also had right after that in the same part, and this is the part that I wanted to get to, was Tay's revelation that of the seven picked, it took them a while to mesh but no individual person thought that they were the best, um, which is maybe why they're so balanced now. But the fact that Tay said that they didn't mesh at first blew my mind because the narrative that we have of them all the time is that they don't fight, they were BFFs, like they get along, they're closer than family. And I'm sure like that is mostly true now after seven years right but it was interesting to hear because I think that's the first time anyone has admitted like we were not BFFs from the start 
Yeah. Um, I was kind of under the impression that they just kind of never fought. And I think I just assumed that because they just never showed anything, right? Like the other groups that I like, they would talk about them fighting, you know? I mean, they weren't just like showing them fighting. Obviously it wasn't like on camera, but they would talk about like the, you know, the little back and forth that they would have and stuff. So I thought that maybe BTS just didn't have that until they started doing these documentary series. And I'm like, oh, okay. So they are like, you know, normal like you know people yeah are there seven different people with seven different personalities of course they're bound to clash but you just don't think of it if you're not seeing it and if they don't talk about it so um it took them a while for them to actually put this out and be like yeah we didn't like get along that great in the beginning but you know now we do and it's funny that it seems so strange to us because that's such a normal thing if you're spending that much time, so right. in my undergrad, I had to spend all four years living in dorms. It was just the rule. And so you'd have like usually two, but sometimes three people like sharing a bedroom and everyone is stressed because your schedules are so tight. And then right. on top of that, you know, people have different sleep schedules or like someone's a huge mess and like it's normal to fight, right? When you have different like young people becoming their own adults in such a tight space and also we always hear no matter in what context right you always hear that relationships take work so of course it must have taken a bleep ton of work for them to become so close as they are now and even if you're close with someone that doesn't mean that you don't have conflict right so I don't know why I was so shocked by that, but I think, like you said, they never, ever showed that. Um, right. I think the worst we ever saw was um, Tay and Jen in the previous docuseries. And even they painted that, like, oh, it was over and done with after the concert was over, you know? So, yeah, um, it's kind of weird to me. I guess it's you see all the, like, fluffy content they put out. You know, they put out so much content, like, every, at the end of every Bomb Voyage, they're, like, writing letters to each other, telling each other how much they love each other, so you're, like, you know, woohoo, happy Bomb yeah. time, you know, they're, like, yeah. so close, and of course, like, yeah, they're close now, but it takes time to get like that, you know, it takes time to get the, that bond that they, they do have, and like you were saying, like, imagine you know, your dorm situation, but instead of three people, it's seven, and you're in a <laughs> tiny apartment, and you're poor, and you are, like, literally the only group that your company has, <laughs> like, their entire success is riding on your success, and the industry is built against you <laughs> because you're not in the big three. Like, there's just all these facts. I know. So much pressure. I- I know. I can't so even I can envision that, it. That would make you want to, like, you know, we'll be a little tense in that little dorm, so. I'm especially thinking of the bunk bed dorm, <laughs> like. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my goodness. I remember there was one time, and I think it was my sophomore year dorm, so for people outside of the U.S., that's your second year of university, and there were three of us in this one tiny room, and, like, 
two of us had our like the only way you could set up the beds was kind of around the perimeter of the room and so two of us had our heads like really close together and it would be like anytime you would breathe or get sick you know or you like cough or you're not feeling well the other person is like stop breathing (laughs) (laughs) breathing on me you know like even dumb stuff by the end of the semester has like slowly built and you're just like ready to go ballistic at any time so like envisioning that was like four more people (laughs) I can't I can't do it and people are like look at BTS slam dunking now and paying for apartments and cash and I'm like bro they have earned that I mean of course (laughs) they have but like especially in this context they have earned that like right go home don't be on camera be as messy or clean as you want don't worry about someone breathing in your ear (laughs) right they were, there was a moment where, you know, Yugi was kind of saying, basically, the grass is always green on the other side, kind of thing. You know, I was thinking about it, and I'm like, it's really, it's really easy. I guess it can go both ways, but it, it's really easy, um, you know, when you don't have money, to look at people who do have money and to assume that because they have money, um, you know, their life is better. And while I'm sure it is in many ways, and they have, and that money will afford them access to things that um, people that are like lower middle class don't have access to simply because they don't have that money. Um, Yes, their life is you know, better, but money, obviously, it can't solve everything, right, and then money just brings on, like, a new set of problems just because you have money, um, yeah, things that we're not going to be able to understand because we're not, especially, like, not even just being rich, but being a celebrity is, like, a totally different set of issues (laughs) that, of course, it seems great, but we're not going to really understand how rough it is, especially being at the level of celebrity that BTS is at. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think you're right. I mean, when you were talking about, like, how being rich brings a different set of problems, like, you always hear stories about people who have won the lottery, um, or like come into a lot of money really fast. And a lot of times those people aren't like any happier and in many cases become like something gets messed up or they, you know, they're the people they thought were their family and friends like come to them asking for things that they can't provide or other strange things that happen with money. But I think you're right, the the fame intersecting with the money would just take everything and put it into a pressure cooker kind of yeah so I mean I'm sure it's nice right like the the million dollar apartments probably pretty great as are the like <laughs> supercars but like fundamentally those things don't make you happy I mean it's kind of like how when they talk about their dreams right like eventually you get there and what's the next thing I almost think you become used to something I mean I can't say this right but I would assume that you would eventually get used to your supercar and it's just your car, you know? Yeah. Like the material things are nice, but not connected to 
your like mental well-being right it only provides temporary satisfaction yeah whether that's minutes or even like you know days or weeks but (laughs) can only do so much for you i also was thinking like thank god that they have each other so that there's at least someone you know there's six other people that at least understand what it is that they're going through um because i'm sure it's hard when it's just you you know when you're a celebrity of that magnitude i'm sure it's really hard to talk to someone who's going to like truly understand and not just understand but they understand because they've been there going through the exact same thing the entire time um so yeah i was like thank god they have each other and thank god that they actually do get along you know <laughs> like you know, like jungkook was saying some people don't get along like some of these groups don't like yeah. each other i was like dang king tell them <laughs> <laughs> So, like, the nebby part of me, or I guess I should say, that's my Pittsburgh slipping out, but, like, the nosy part of me is, like, uh, who are you talking about? Like, <laughs> tell me everything. <laughs> like, give me all the details. I, I gotta know, gotta know what's going on, but that's one of those unanswered questions I'll probably just have to carry around. I won't name any names, but being a multi (laughs) um i have dabbled in other groups and i can only think of one other group that has like the same dynamic that bts has cannot think of too many other groups some of these groups you can tell they don't really like each other and they are just doing this for the cash (laughs) <laughs> whatever it is the fame whatever it is they're looking for you can just tell they they are there contractually and they probably feel like they can't give it up either just like bts was talking about because like if you give it up now you've reached this level of fame like what what do i do after this like what's after this so yeah <laughs> some of these groups don't like each other and it shows <laughs> I think that's one of the things that makes BTS so special and that people can see it, that it's genuine as well. That's why it translates so well worldwide. Here's something we can possibly cut if it makes you uncomfortable, but I am curious, based off of like what we're talking about in terms of like who gets along better or worse and Tay saying not everyone meshes, I do wonder in Bangtan if there's like a hierarchy, not a hierarchy, but like a breakdown of like who gets along better or worse. Or if they're all just like a huge group of friends at this point. Yeah. Or maybe they all, I mean, I'm sure they all get along and mesh well to a certain point, but who pushes each other's buttons more? <laughs> Even if they're still friends, we all have that one friend where we're like, can you just cool your jets for one second? Yeah. Like that's normal in friend groups, so. Yeah. It'll be happening. They were looking back and reminiscing on their past, and they were like laughing about it, about the dumpling incident, or Yondu <laughs> eating Yugi's food when he's like trying to take his medicine. Like that, that man must have been hungry. <laughs> yeah, who eats each other's food? Yeah, eat someone else's food. I'm like, they, I needed more information. 
you could get more food so that he could take his medicine. Like, was there an argument that ensued? They were just giggling about it. Like, what was the level of, like, aggression versus passive aggression versus active antagonism? This is, like, kind of exactly what I was asking in my last question. Like, who irritates each other the most, even if they're still BFFs? Yeah, because I I hate when people eat my food. (laughs) Like, if I'm not sharing it with you, or I'm not even so much I hate when people eat my food. I hate when people eat my food when I'm expecting to eat it, right? You ever have when you're just like, you are visualizing eating this plate of food for hours. When you wake up, you're like, oh, I'm going to get into that dinner tonight. <laughs> have you seen the show Shit's Creek? No. I'm obsessed with the show. My parents and I streamed all six seasons during uh, lockdown or social distancing. And there's this scene where the younger sister is like, has anyone seen my yogurt? And the older brother's like, he walks in eating the yogurt and he's like, who would do something like that? <laughs> and then she's like, David, I was saving that for after my run. And he was like, well, I guess I was saving it for during your run then. <laughs> it's just like the most like, oh uh, yeah. Yeah. That's it's like not vibe. only was I about to eat the food, I left for <laughs> one second. I need it. Like I need to eat that food so I can take that <laughs> Yeah, that's wild. Um, it seems like Namjoon was like the hungry one thinking back to also like the black bean noodle incident because I was just since I'm in the process of moving I um, was kind of going through my DVR you know and like clearing things out of it and I was watching the Fallon thing again just like skimming through it and you know he asked them about the black bean noodle incident and like Namjoon just ran away from practice for five minutes to go and eat some noodles so he must have been <laughs> extremely hungry back in the day. The growing boy. Um. <laughs> well, when you're possibly six feet tall. You <laughs> did that fuel. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was I was happy to see that they can look back and still laugh, even though I'm sure they had we know they had hard times, right? So I was happy mm-hmm. that and I was hoping that one day when this is all over, because clearly it's going to be by the way they were talking. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping that you, we'll, we'll look back, like us as fans, that we'll look back and do the same. You know, they're talking about how they, they look back at their, their career and, you know, they don't have any regrets. And so I'm hoping that we can also look back at this time they just not have any regrets about it. I'm sure people try to make us feel bad for, you know, devoting so much time to this um, or enjoying this in any kind of way. Um, but I've had some awesome times, and I, I'm not going to say they couldn't have happened without BTS, but a lot of them have happened because of BTS. So, yeah. Well, we would not have met if it weren't for BTS. Right just throwing that out there so yeah our most beautiful moment in life like let's (laughs) live it up even though we're stuck inside the house but let's still try and play i was like well most beautiful it might be a stretch that might have been like (laughs) yeah end of 2019 or something but no good Uh, times will come again that was also kind of awfully ironic because they were also mentioning about how you know we can't even predict what's going to happen next year 
I was like, oh. I was like, I hate COVID so much. <laughs> I hate COVID so much. This is so annoying. They ruined with everything. I saw a meme that was like, remember when we thought that like heat would make this go away and it would all be over by the sun? Because <laughs> it's been like a hundred degrees here and I'm just like, I'm in this photo and I don't like it. Like, please remove. <laughs> Ami delete. Like, I hate this. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think this was also one of the notes I have missed was, okay, well, I guess they go to stolen Osaka, which we can talk about, but Sugar was talking about tear and writing um, outro tear. And he said he, <laughs> brace yourself, he said he wrote it for the members when they were considering breaking up. Uh, they all listened deeply and cried. And I wrote a bad word that I won't say <laughs> because we're trying so hard and doing so well to not have the explicit label today. Um, when they were deeply considering breaking up, I was like, was this the same time as well, I'm the like, one that was referenced in Mama 2018 or? Yeah, in 2018. 2018 was a, or 2017, number one, was an awful year. <laughs> an awful year, obviously. Um, because, um, Tear, Love Yourself Tear, came out right after that, so it had to be the same time. Yeah. You're right, because it was 2018 that Tear came out, right? Yeah. I remember driving around and having it in my car. So, I um, saw this when it happened on the, like, happened on the timeline. Mm -hmm. Timeline. I was under the impression that Tear was about a breakup, but not that kind of breakup. <laughs> I know, I know. Okay, when they were on Ellen, I guess promoting Love Yourself Her, right? Namjoon was having that interview, star, 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 where he was like, I met someone that I really love that's like the love of my life right now and even back then in 2017 people were going crazy and then tear was the one after that and so in my mind it was like oh no like it was a breakup like in my head it was a relationship not like the band breaking up right i just kind of assume <sighs> they're just talking about I don't know. I was constantly just kind of like, who, who hurt you? Because like, <laughs> whenever they write songs and they're talking about relationships, I'm just like, all right, maybe it's just the same person, you know, they're just pulling this, using as a resource. Uh, no. <laughs> and actually going back and reading the lyrics to Tear made it hurt even worse. I'm like, whoa, <laughs> I don't like that, you know? Why now? Why reveal it now? Why? Why reveal it now? <sighs> why now? Why not then? <laughs> why, why now? Or why not just keep it? <laughs> we all right, if we want them to be honest with us, we can't just ask for only the good things, right? At the same time. I didn't need that. 
How am I supposed to listen to Tear now? I know. I can't even listen to Don't Leave Me anymore. It just doesn't feel right. Like, so, um, Tear was, when I first listened to the album, was my most favorite song off of that album. Um, and then when we went to the concert, something about Tear when we were in that arena, the, the entire atmosphere changed. I don't know if, it, if you felt the same, but it was almost creepy. Like, like I got goosebumps and like the hair on my arms just rose because it was, I don't know, like the entire atmosphere just felt different. It felt heavier whenever that song comes on, whenever they perform it and you see it live, it just feels, I don't know, there's like some energy there. And now I'm realizing whatever that energy is, <laughs> it's sadness. <laughs> Like, it's sadness. Like, oh, I mean, obviously it was sad. But it's like a different kind of sad. It's not just like, oh, I broke up with my significant other. Like, no, this is like, we were about to be done type sad. Well, we didn't even know. We're sitting here in the crowd like, oh, go off. Yeah. Like, (laughs) look at them when they're Dior fits. Like, (laughs) no, there's way more to it than this. Yeah, I'm reading the English lyrics right now. Just like, no, 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 no. Or hearing them talk about what tear meant to them, you know, the three different tear, tear, and fear, but applying that not to just some breakup, but like their experience in the group it hurts even worse. It hurts. It really hurts. Oh, man. It's horrifying finding this out later because so often we're like, dang, look at Hobie in that vest or like, I don't know, we're focused on the complete, not right. wrong thing, but, like, just something else completely. Exactly. And I just want to, like, smack my head off the wall and be like, you're being stupid, focus. It makes me look at the entire oh. 17 different. It kind of makes me sad in a way because it makes me feel guilty because I got into them in, like, mid- 2016 probably mid to late 2016 so 2017 was my like first full year and I have memories of 2017 I'd almost like to like go back and watch it and see if there's things that I wasn't picking up on I guess the reason I feel bad to get to my main point before I go off on a tangent is I was so completely oblivious. Like, I was so happy. That was my baby army period. They were becoming famous. Like, really famous. Right. You know? Um, I know they were famous in 2016 as well. But, like, breaking, crossing over into the West. Like, breaking ceilings in the U.S. And I just feel bad that 
like the thoughts in my head were like Hobie Dior vest <laughs> or like whatever that might have <laughs> even been 2018 but like what was I thinking about like gray-haired Jimin like there's a lot going on and I was just like super super happy and they were clearly not right It's kind of scary how uh, I don't want to say manipulated, but <laughs> I don't know because they so much was going on in 2017, like you just said, like right off the backs of wings, you get the expansion pack of wings. We got outro her, like you said, we get them going in into the West, we got them on these award shows, they're winning all these awards. Like, 2017 was a great year. And 2017 is probably the intro year for a lot of the fandom. This is when they, like, saw a huge spike because they made their debut in the West. Their official, I guess, debut on Western television. I don't know how you want to put it, but um, so this is probably a good year for a lot of people. But it was makes a- me upset. <laughs> I feel guilty and I feel oblivious. And I also feel like if our relationship is as good as everyone hypes it up to be on Twitter, and even Bongtan will say like, oh, like, you know, we understand ARMY, ARMY understand us, like, we walk together, like, hello, we are Bulletproof the Eternal Exists as a song. Like, if that is true... How come I had no effing clue? This is why I didn't want to say manip- we were manipulated, but they chose to show us what they wanted us to see. They didn't want us to be sad. And Imagine if they came out and they were like, yeah, we're thinking about breaking up. All the rumors that would come out, like it, it would be absolute madness if they actually showed that they were in ter- there's turmoil within the group so probably a good thing that they didn't let us know until a year or so later I guess I guess I guess I pride myself personally outside of like button and fandom I feel I guess I pride myself on being a very empathetic person or like being able to read the room or like the emotions in the room and just <laughs> zero I, I got nothing. Like, I, I can't believe I didn't even have an inkling that things weren't good. I don't know. They just edited that part right out. You wouldn't see it. <laughs> I want to, like, screech really loud, but I won't do that because it's just more work for us. <laughs> I'm wondering if they will ever talk about why. It doesn't have to be now. It doesn't even have to be like, you know, right after they decide to mutually end this. Stop. It could be years later, but I wonder if they will ever talk about why they were thinking about breaking up. Yeah. The specifics of why, not just, oh, we were thinking about it, but no, why? Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot of pressure on us. Like, no, really, why? Yeah. (laughs) I'm I'm very curious about that, and I could definitely speculate on some things, but I won't do that. Uh, I'm a very nebby or nosy person, so of course I'm dying to know, but, like, 
I hope they choose to talk about it with us someday, but if they don't, it's painful for them. I know that, like, all ARMY will respect that, but of course we want to know more. And I'm like, do we even need to know why? Because I could 1,000% have done without knowing um, why One Direction broke up and why they suddenly hate each other. So I don't want to hear another, like, (laughs) yeah. there's a completely different, like, dynamic there, but I don't I don't know if I need to know why they were having a rough time because I don't want it to change any thoughts or feelings that I had about them, like, period, at any point in time. Yeah, I guess it probably depends on what the motivation for the breakup is. If there was, like, really dramatic interpersonal issues or strife right Right. or if it was like a mutual decision that everyone came to or you know someone was in extreme pain or like not in good condition anymore and I hope that doesn't happen but you know I mean there's so many reasons but as long as it's not like not naming names someone bullying someone else or some kind of issue yeah I don't know I guess as they say, ignorance is bliss. So if we can't handle small things <laughs> in the docu series, then who knows? But but yeah, <clears throat> yeah. I don't know. This is my own selfish wish, but I hope even after the day comes that Bangtan is no more, I hope they're in a place where they're all still friends and like in touch with each other. Yeah, I hope so too. I hope he was talking about, like, he thinks that it's fate that they were together. And I think the same. I definitely think that. Like, subscribe to that, but I definitely think it's fate that they were, you know, supposed to be together and do this in the way that they are doing it and have the success that they are supposed to have. And I don't know what comes after this, but whatever it is, I think it's lined up that way you know it's supposed to happen that way um but yeah trying to think about the finality of it all I'm like <laughs> like right now i can't i can't even think about it now. but i'm kind of glad that they did say it because i'm sure a lot of us prior to this you know were or maybe still are living a bit in delusion, you know, of mm-hmm. that, Why would you say such a thing? You know, that this could last forever. And, yeah, in essence, the, the spirit of Bangtan could last for forever, right? You know, their mm-hmm. music can be passed on through generations now. They're... It's, everything's on camera, so, like, everything that we um see about them potentially assuming you know we're still able i don't know how technology is going to evolve but we would still mm-hmm. be able to watch these things online or somewhere so yeah like the essence of bangkan will live on but at some point it's going to have to stop right um but we don't think about that and our 
daily lives and we take the things that we have for granted. Like it could hard stop tomorrow. Like nothing's promised, right? <laughs> Why would you say that? I don't know, but just like even they were talking about like you mentioned earlier, they were talking about how um Jimin was saying something about how, you know, somebody's battery could like run out basically. They could become so exhausted that they can't do this anymore. What would happen? And then Jimin was also saying like it none of this would work if it wasn't seven of seven of us doing it. So if like one member has to stop, <laughs> the entire group would stop. Or a few members or something, you know, like if there's any just one wrong thing, it could potentially stop this all. What are we gonna do? How do we cope with that? But I don't know. I literally like, have unpleasant goosebumps thinking about that. <laughs> yeah. Like there's no point in dwelling on all the what ifs. We could focus on the now, but I don't think we should live in delusion that, you know, one day this could end. And I'm sure that's probably weighing on them as well. That probably was very heavy on them in 2017 or 2018, whenever it was they were considering breaking up. What, what does that mean for everyone who supports them? You know how many people will say, like, BTS saved my life? So many. And I'm sure they know that. So I'm sure it's hard to, it, I'm sure it would be hard for them to ever have to say like, okay, we're done and we can't do this anymore. Thinking about how that would affect so many people. Because I'm like, if you think about it, it's it's really weird when you start thinking about how if you never started doing this one thing if i never started standing bts in 2014 would i be here right now in this moment doing what i'm doing well, not no. podcasting yeah, indeed not podcasting about bts but you know like would i be living where i'm living where i'd be having the job that i have would I have the friends that I have? Would I have the experience hmm. that I have? You know, like, yeah. it's really kind of, I don't know, it makes my skin crawl thinking about it. How one decision yeah. can affect so many decisions. I know. Throughout, like, like the, the butterfly, butterfly effect or whatever they call it. It's terrifying. Yeah. It definitely is. I guess the thing I struggle with is, like, from my own perspective, I, of course, do not want them to break up at all. I want this to go for as long as it possibly can. But if you, we can have a whole debate about like, if, if being a fan of something equals like loving that thing. But Namjoon always says, I love you more than love. So I'm going to assume that it is love. If I love Bangtan, even as a fan, like, I should not want to be selfish and I should want what's best for them at the time. Right. So if I'm truly a fan or if I truly love them, I have no choice but to accept what, whatever decisions they make. And I think that's not to go off on a tangent, but I think that's interesting because when people think about them dating, as we've talked about other times or, people having an opinion on 
if a member gets a tattoo or it's placement or like why like if you actually love them they're not yours to control right. <laughs> like I don't know so I'll be super sad when the day comes but it's easy to say now <laughs> I might feel super heartbroken in the moment but if I truly love them I'll have to be okay with that decision when the time comes and not at how my voice just cracked there thinking about it. <laughs> no. It's hard to imagine life without them, but at one point, we did exist without them, right? Yeah. So I'm hoping that at whatever the point after, whatever after is, that we'll make it to that after one and that we'll be able to come to terms with it and then we can look back on the good things that we did have and enjoy it. And I think like you were saying, there's so many things I would have never done. Even thinking to our weekend trips or day trips or like us running around to different exhibits or even trying an escape room. I had never done that until I saw it on Run BTS. Like even the dumb stuff. Like I don't think we'll ever actually have to live without them because we'll still have their old music. We'll still have like our memories of things we did during that time. It won't be the same because there won't be fresh stuff, but we don't have to go back to a time of like not having them. And not to get like really emo because I feel like I'm already being super emo. Um, Sometimes when I think, like when I get in my Delulu feels and I'm really sad that like I'll never meet them, like (laughs) this sounds so insane. Sometimes I just feel glad that, like, we exist at the same time, and that's it. So hopefully I'll always have that feeling of, like, even if they're not around, we still all exist in, like, the same time in the same sphere. And that's enough of my, like, tinfoil hat talk, but there you have it. Yeah, no, that's nice. I mean, we watch older artists and see them perform, and we're like, oh, I wish I was born in the 80s and 90s so I could have lived through this but there's going to be people far off (laughs) in the future who are going to probably look back on the time of BTS and be like man I wish I was alive then yeah well thank god we're alive now I feel like I'm what was the Marvel movie where the guy has like the clock Doctor Strange where he has like multiple timelines that's how I feel sometimes (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, at least I'm in this timeline. Everything else is bad, but we have bond. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, back to the episode. That's the end of the episode. (laughs) That's how it ends. Literally, the episode ends. Namjoon's like, this isn't mine. The image of BTS has been realized, but it's something quite abstract. For instance, it could all disappear in a second. It's not tangible. It goes off. Why is your Namjoon voice like that? Because I'm mad at him. I'm upset. Exactly. I'm mad at him. I'm mad at whoever edited that. He's like, yeah, this could all disappear in a second. Bye. And the episode goes off. And they're like, and we meant that literally. This episode is now over. Exactly. Uh, Dang, I didn't need to hear that. But I guess I did at the same time. Yeah. I mean, Bongtan is a brand. It's not any one person. So, yeah, 
like Kim Nam Joon could still exist. All like every single member can exist on their own, but like you said, if one of them chooses to go, like Bongtown is done. It's true. Right. So well, that about wraps that up. <laughs> Why? Why? We'll uh get into the final episode on our next podcast. Right. Until the next one. Bye.